Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast. Just before we begin, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has shared the word about my podcast. Your support means so much to me. I also want to thank everyone who's left a review. One last thing before we begin, I would love to invite you to my 2019 Mental Health Solutions Summit this year in Dallas, Texas, December 6 and 7. This conference is going to be amazing. In this conference, I will be teaching you how to overcome mental health issues like anxiety and depression and OCD. I'm also going to be talking about how to help teens and children with mental health issues, how to improve memory, how to identify and define your unique identity, how to build your brain, how to avoid burnout and manage stress, how to take care of your physical body, how to improve sleep, how to deal with chaotic thinking and more. This summit is for everyone, teachers, pastors, parents, CEOs, entrepreneurs, doctors, lawyers, life coaches, everyone. For more information and to register, visit drleafconference.com. We will also be offering CEUs and CMEs for this conference. And now let's get back to today's podcast. How to deal with social anxiety. Let's start by discussing what social anxiety is and why do we feel this. Okay, basically social anxiety is having chaotic and toxic thinking when around people or in groups to the point where you feel very insecure and anxious and feel like you can't cope and even frightened. Why do we feel this? Perhaps you're hypersensitive, that you're hypersensitive, very sensitive to what people are, how they're looking at you, what they're saying. You, you're misreading that, making a lot of assumptions about what people are thinking about you by their body movements, their nonverbal communication, their words, and you could be misreading a lot of stuff. So that's hypersensitivity. We could also be making a lot of assumptions about what people are thinking about you, which links to the hypersensitivity. Also, maybe overthinking, overthinking that there's, you know, that there's thinking things that aren't even there. You may just have an absolute desire to feel accepted and you feel unaccepted. So that you feel insecure. So you're desperate to be accepted and that can make you very socially anxious. It can put your brain into a, into a state of needing to avoid danger. Always remember your brain does what your mind tells it to do. Your brain is responding to your mind. Every part of your body and your brain, all your cells are responding to your mind. So when you are being hypersensitive, making assumptions about what people are thinking about you, maybe overthinking situations, when you are feeling unaccepted and insecure, that is all energy that is moving through the brain and the brain is responding and you are activating existing structural physical protein memories of all those feelings. So you're activating them and whatever you activate and think about grows. If you don't manage the situation and every time you go back into the social situation, you go through those same things again, you are making that physical memory stronger and stronger so that that becomes your fallback memory all the time. So we're going to be talking about how to deal with it, but 
we need to be aware of what's happening as we keep feeding the social anxiety memory. It's very real. It's a structure in your brain. And if we, we keep growing it, the more we think about it, the more energy we give to it. And on this structure in your brain, you may be some of the other things that could be there contributing to the social anxiety are things like you may not feel good enough. And then you've got to ask yourself things like if you don't feel good enough, what does that mean for the group, for the people, to talk to the people? Then you have to ask yourself, what are you basing your values on, your worth and your identity? You may feel like an outsider. And that, I mean, that's not, not an uncommon thing when you go into new situations. But is this the reality or you, are you making an assumption? And is it so bad to be an outsider and how can you overcome that? So these are all little thought patterns that we need to evaluate that we've created inside of our brains through our minds that are influencing how we handle that situation. People do different things to manage social anxiety. Two very common ways are to avoid them, to just like not going to social environments, just to avoid them as much as they possibly can. And a lot of people will drink, which they say calms them down, and that helps them to then deal with the social anxiety. So let's talk about how to deal with social anxiety. The very first thing is awareness. Awareness that you are experiencing social anxiety is very key. So being able to admit to yourself, I feel nervous when I go into big crowds or when I go to a networking event or when I meet new people. Be specific. What What is your awareness of? Be specific. Get that sentence or those sentences or those situations. Find them, be aware of them, admit them, say them, speak them out loud. Then the second thing, ask yourself and answer yourself and discuss with yourself. So ask, answer, discuss. In other words, you're going to really have a focused thinking or reflection analysis of why you feel nervous when you go into a big crowd or why you feel nervous when you go into a networking event or why you feel nervous when you meet new people. Ask yourself why. Answer yourself. Why am I feeling this? Find the reasons. And as you ask more why questions, you'll get deeper and deeper. So the first answer won't get you to the root. You need to ask, answer, and discuss, and then ask, answer, and discuss that answer, and then ask, answer, and discuss that answer, and keep going until you keep getting the same answer. Are these thoughts and assumptions real? Are they good? Are they healthy? These are the sorts of things that you need to ask yourself. So maybe you find that you are avoiding going into social situations. I find I do have a little bit of social anxiety when I go into like a dinner party and they find out what I do. So in asking myself why I'm feeling this, I find that when I answered myself is I really love helping people. I really love talking about my work and the passion and the science and my clinical trials and this mind-brain connection. And I love it. I love people. I love talking about that. But to in, when I'm at a party or at a dinner party and I've just come off work, I'm pretty drained. So to if that becomes a counseling session where I've really got to think deeply and help someone analyze and diagnose and sort of treat their problem in one spot, that can be very draining. And so I've had to learn to say, look, I'd really love to help you, but you know what, if you listen to one of my podcasts or maybe we can talk about this at another time or, you know, just deflect the situation or even ask questions back. So in other words, by becoming aware of when I can't handle it and writing this down, talking it through with my husband or one of my kids or something, I can reanalyze what my triggers are and and I can work out a way of a solution moving forward. So I've done five steps. I've become aware. I have asked myself why. I've asked, answered, and discussed. I've found the reasons. And I've worked out all these thoughts healthy and good and real. Sometimes I'm unrealistic. Or is it is it healthy for me to keep on, on working in a dinner party situation? Is it healthy for me? Is it healthy for the people? It's unrealistic for a person to try and fix their problems all in one shot. So what would be healthy for me is to say that's a real issue. I agree with you. You can manage it. Can I recommend that you go listen to this podcast? So in other words, I in asking, in finding the root, in asking myself why and finding the root, I start seeing a solution. By talking to someone, writing it down, I see a solution. 
by going into the fourth step, which is your reanalyze, your edit process. I'm aware of the triggers and I'm aware of my my thinking pattern and I'm also aware of now I've started finding a solution or a way forward so the fifth step is what's my action step what's your action step how can I replace the toxic thought of having a fear of going into a social situation with a positive healthy thought how can I manage these triggers how can I learn to acknowledge the humanity of others how can I focus helping myself learn from others and others learn from me how can I learn to embrace and accept that I will not be liked by everyone I'm giving you a broad variety of of examples, how can I learn? Um, how can I keep in mind that most people are more focused on themselves than on me, and are not really looking at me, but are looking at actually needing help for themselves or concerned about how they're coming off to other people, and will also not necessarily remember everything that you said or did if you did something silly or said something silly because they're more focused on themselves. So always try and see something good in the person and engage that. So it's all baby steps. So the way I manage that now, my action step is going into the situation thinking people are focused on themselves. They just really need help. I don't have to solve their problem. I can listen with compassion and then reflect them to another podcast or whatever and then change the subject and ask questions about themselves because people love to tell, talk about their kids or whatever. So I've worked out my little action steps. So one of my action steps then has been to put up boundaries. I've, that's been my action step for, for my, my social anxiety. Yours may not necessarily be the same, but I've had to put up boundaries and learn ways of doing this in a, in a very kind and gentle way. That, co- that still keeps me connected with the people and enjoying the people, but helps me to not have to turn it into a counseling session. So you need to find your action steps that are going to work for you. It's all baby steps. So in some How do you deal with social anxiety? Step one, awareness is key. Step two, ask yourself why. Step three, write down or talk to someone. Step four, reanalyze what are the triggers. Step five, action step. How can I replace these toxic thoughts? And remember, this is baby steps, like anything. It's a change you're making in your life, so it's going to take time. So just listening to this podcast is not going to fix it. You're going to have to listen to this a few times and practice this baby steps at a time. So it's going into going into groups more often, increasing your frequency of doing that, increasing the length of time that you maybe spend in the group. If you find you can only last 10 minutes, try and stretch it to 20 minutes. So it's all a process of growth. Don't be hard on yourself. Give yourself time as you refine and develop your coping strategies and you'll find that you'll be able to create a a way of dealing with this and suddenly one day you'll realize that you no longer have a big problem with social anxiety because you now have the ability to manage it. I hope this has been helpful. Send me some feedback. Let me know. Send us a review. See if if this has been helpful to you so that I can continue to make podcasts that will help you. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new and helpful. Till next week. Thanks again. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf.